God's Word, because this is what we stand on every day. And when we preach, I believe we preach the Word of God. Amen. This scripture this morning is from Romans chapter 8. I welcome you to turn with me there and look at it as I read. It's a powerful passage of scripture, a paragraph that stands out from the rest of Romans 8 to me and always has. It starts in verse 25. This is what Paul wrote to the Romans. I'm sorry, it's verse 26. What Paul wrote to the Romans. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And then he says this verse that we all have remembered so well. He closes paragraph by saying, And we know that for the saints, for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, I want to tell you why we know today that all things work together for good. Because God's word says it. He says it's true for those who love God, that's us. And for those who are called according to his purpose, that's us. So he says things are working for the good in our lives. And I believe that. Sometimes I confess it's harder to believe than it is at other times. Sometimes it's real easy to believe. You see the things that are on the mountain peak and the victories are there and everybody's shouting hallelujah. And everywhere you step is glory, glory, glory. And then when it turns around and the shadows are there and Every step you take, it seems like somebody's stepping on your toe. No matter what you do, there's some negative effect for it. And then it's harder to believe this. But that's when you really need to believe it, friends. That's when you need to really stand up and say, it is true. It is true. I love God. I'm one of those who's called according to his purpose. If you, if you love God, you've been saved. That means you're called. You're called into salvation. You're called according to the eternal, everlasting purpose of God. So, so we're, we love God and we're his called ones, his chosen ones. Thank God for that. And because of that, and because his word says it, all things work together for our good. There's a wonderful poem. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you this morning, but it's a great poem about... The weaver, that's the name of it. And it tells the story of one weaving a tapestry. But the tapestry is woven from God's point of view. He's looking at the beautiful tapestry as it's coming to place and all the colors are fitting in. We're underneath that still. And we look up. It doesn't look the same as it does from the other side. We look up and all the things are scattered. And you know how ugly it is when you turn a rug over and you see the backside of it. Something that's woven is even more so. But God sees, God sees the now, and as far as he's concerned, the past and the day and tomorrow is the now. He's going to take care of us tomorrow. We know 
in our terminology tomorrow because he took care of us yesterday. And he's always going to take care of us in the present. The God is always now. He's not bound by years or by weeks or by days. God is always now. So he's now right here. Right here where we are. God is here present in this place. We've sung it already this morning. We've praised God for it. And we know that it's true. I only put these glasses on because I wanted to read something. I don't need these except when I want to see something. So. <laughs> and I want to see you beautiful people this morning. So, I put them on. So, so the Word of God is absolute, perfect, and true. Now, I want to share some things with you this morning from a, from a, a point of, of true reality. A few months ago, a couple of years ago now, three or four years ago, I think it was, we were still over in the old church, in fact. So it was more than five years ago. The Lord started dealing with me and speaking to my heart, telling me that there were churches in the Orange Park area that were going to fail. And I didn't know why. I thought the Lord wanted me prepared to do something, but apparently he didn't because he never showed me and I never did. I just knew that. I told our church to pray. Maybe that was the real reason for it. So we could all pray for those who were going to be suffering because of those things happening. And then it came a time when I met the pastor of what was then the Canvas Church. through a set of circumstances which were ordered by God, I know now. I met that pastor. And he told me the first time we had actually met and talked and sat down, he said, I'm closing my church, effective within the month of the time he told me that. I was shocked. I didn't even remember that the Lord had actually told me that. Later on, I did, and I had lunch with him, and I asked him what we could do to help him. And he said he wanted to go to Orlando and start another church. And I said, well, how much is it going to cost for you to do that? He said, well, I've got it budgeted. I think it's going to be about $50,000. I was sitting at the lunch table with him, and I said, I believe the Lord has just told me to give you give you the tithe on that 50000 that you need as a seed for you to raise that. And so I went back and I told our church what I was doing, and I had him speak in our church. All of this was because I had, I had no ulterior motive in it. I was just trying to bless him and help him. And I asked our church, and we, and we gave him that $5,000, I believe, out of our missions account, but certainly out of our church, we gave him $5,000. We, we were not as able to do that then as we are now, I can assure you. But we did because I felt like it was of the Lord. And I told our congregation before he preached just what I had done. Some of you may remember this. And, and I know people were kind of looking at each other. And I, and I said, I know that Aaron has a background in the Assemblies of God. I know he's not Assemblies of God now, and his church was not. But I said then, I'm more interested in building the kingdom of God than I am in building the assemblies of God. And, and when I said that back then, everybody did the same thing that you just did. Maybe a little louder, but they, they applauded. And I thanked God for it. We did that as an honor to God. I, I saw him just a couple of months ago, three or four months ago, where he's now the executive pastor of a large church down in Orlando. And we shared fellowship, and he did things taking us, introducing us into the church. Uh, and, and so it was a it was a wonderful experience. And, and, and after that, I had him come in and let, he could offer his book for sale back there. So I'm just saying, when people have a crushing blow, the body of Christ needs to stand in support and help and benefit. And now 
the Lord told me this same thing. Everybody in our Tuesday morning prayer meeting will attest to this. A few months ago, maybe three months ago or so, I don't keep a record of these things like this because I don't think I'm so astonishing that when I say things, I'll be out on YouTube and say, look at this prophecy that God fulfilled. But that's exactly what I am telling you in case you don't recognize it. This is the word of God coming true. So God gave me this word a few months ago, and I shared it in our Tuesday morning prayer. I'd been praying about it for a while, and then I felt led that morning to tell them. And I said, the same things happened that happened a few years ago. God has told me that there are churches that are going to fail. I don't know why the Lord shares this with me except so we can pray about it. We did pray for it. We didn't know who it was going to be. But since then, it's happened. Some of you are here this morning, and I recognize that, from one of those churches. And, and, I, and I thank you for being here, and I bless you for being here. And our purpose today is to, our purpose today is not add anything to the breaking of hearts. Our purpose is to bring together any broken hearts and mend them in the grace of God. So I, I know that it must be a suffering time. Watermark Church closed a few weeks ago, a church that was meeting over on Blanding Boulevard, uh, and had, had been there for quite some time had enlarged their space they were meeting in, and then they found that the just things were happening. I don't know what the thing... I never asked what happened. I, I never asked Aaron what happened. He told me a few things. I never asked him on um, the Canvas Church. And at the same time, by the way, that the Canvas Church failed, that was when Abundant Life... I, I need to say that, too, because that's when Abundant Life really had their problems and they couldn't continue. And I say that, and I say... I, the reason I really need to say that is because several of you people came here from there. And I want you to have, we welcomed you, have we welcomed you ever, this is a long time ago, I know, you, you don't even feel like that, and you just feel like you're one of us, and you are one of us. But, but we, we reached out to you, and you came, and we blessed you for coming, and I hope we've been blessing you ever since then. I'm looking around, I've seen several people, as I look around this congregation, who came here, and some of the, some of the great, I will say this without, without equivocation, some of the greatest people, in my opinion, my opinion counts for a little bit, I know you. Uh, that, that's why it counts because I know you. And some of the greatest people in this church who are sitting here right now came to our church from that. They moved here from there, and we welcomed you then, and we're glad you're still here. And if you ever leave on we standing barring the door to try to keep you from getting out. <laughs> because we love you. And, uh, and how significant that is in today's terminology, how that, how, how that matters right now. It matters right now. Because the same thing is happening. And, and, and I said, some of you are here this morning from one of those churches. We welcome you. God bless you for coming. We want, in this church, we want to be a shepherd to all sheep that God puts in our flock. Is that, is that an apt description? We want to be a shepherd to all sheep that are, have been, God has brought to our flock. And one Sunday morning, back on Pastor Appreciation Day, Dr. Mitzi was, our, was preaching for us on that Sunday. And one of the things that she said about me was, our pastor is the pastor of the brokenhearted. And I want to minister to the brokenhearted. I know that something like this, where you've invested so much in a church and it fails and things happen, you say it's, it's, it's the devil, and I'm not, I'm not giving the devil credit or blame, but I'm just saying to you what I said earlier this morning from the Word of God, that all things work together for good. 
and some things that I wish didn't have to happen, but they do happen, and they happen for our good when our lives in God's hand. Now listen to me. Now this is something, I feel like this is something some of you really, really need to hear right now. All things, all things, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to say just how much time do I need to leave for you? You want to do it now? I'll just save the rest of what I'm going to say for another time. I never run out of things to say. You know, but let me, I will say this one more thing. The reason we're doing what we're doing right now, <clears throat> the infallible man, the one who never makes mistakes, I'm thinking of me, of course, misread the preaching schedule this morning. I thought Pastor Billy was scheduled to preach. And the schedule said that Pastor Bill, I just didn't see that why, I got mixed up somewhere. And, and so I didn't come prepared to preach what I just shared with you. I sometimes believe God gave him one me to say. But uh, Pastor Bill has got a few words. He, he wasn't prepared either. So, so I, of course, you know how I said infallible and, <laughs> and never failing, never making mistakes. You know I said that in total jest. <clears throat> Any man of God, I'm not talking about me now, I'm not talking about what happened right here, I'm just saying this as a general principle. Any man of God can make a mistake. Any man of God can fall. But when you keep on making mistakes, you do the same thing over and over and over and over, that means something's wrong. With you, if you're a man of God. With me, if I'm a man of God. And the second thing about that is, when you make a mistake and you cannot ever admit it, then you're in a problem too. So I'm going to admit it. I didn't know I was supposed to preach this morning. I did my best up to now. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Billy. He spoke to have about 10 or 15 minutes, and I've left it with five. But will you give him the liberty of just finishing up and going ahead with that? I know you will. I know you will. Thank you. Well, you know, I tell you this. I think it's a really good thing that pastors focused in on Romans 8.28 today because, and I really believe this from the bottom of my heart, we did have that happen today. How, I don't know, but it doesn't matter because all things work together for good to them who love God. So I told Terry this morning, Brother Terry uh, Guthrie, I said, I don't know why this happened, but it's something, okay? So I'm going to tell you really quick a few thoughts of some things that I've been working on, and I'm just going to, I have some notes, and so I thought I would just come to this, and, and uh, I, I felt like this is something. Look, this world that we live in is changing. Would you agree with that? It changes. It changes. It goes back and forth. It just does. The goalposts move. The rules move. And there's a lot of things I could talk about that, but I'm going to talk about just a couple of examples. One is, and look, I'm going to just put this out up front. If you're for here for the first time, don't get scared. But if you are... Scared? Look, you know what? I, I'm not here to, to, to do anything but try to speak the truth as I believe God puts it in my heart. And there are some things about this gospel. There are some things that the world believes that, what, that, that this thing that we do, this Christ following, is controversial. It is controversial. Jesus was controversial. Jesus, in fact, was a radical. He was a disruptor. And so things will be said from this pulpit that are controversial, but they will be 
based on the truth. And the truth will come only in this pulpit from the Word of God. But it will be controversial. There are things that are controversial. I'll tell you one of them is. What people define today in 2019 as marriage is controversial. The way we define marriage today is not how we did in 2009, 1999, 1989. For those of you who have been around that long, tell me if I'm right. Was it different back then? We define it differently today. I'm not judging. I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm stating a fact. It changed. Okay? And just, uh, we could say that about abortion. We could say that about uh, legalizing of drugs. Because a lot of things have changed in just the last 10, 20, 30 years. You can just, you can track it. And there are actually studies that do that. But I'm going to talk just about this marriage thing for a moment. As, as an example of a bigger point, and that is this. God designed marriage for humanity. He designed it this way. He described it in Genesis, and he later affirmed it through Jesus' words. But marriage is a God-ordained covenant relationship between a man and a woman. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not judging anybody. I'm saying that's what God says, not what Pastor Billy says. Biblical marriage marked by faithfulness, sacrificial love, and boy, it's a sacrifice, isn't it? You know that. You have to sacrifice every day to deal with me. Sacrificial love, it displays, really, marriage in its true godly form. It displays the relationship between God and his people. In fact, there are other references to that. So I'm going to tell you today, nothing that the Supreme Court ever says will change what God says about marriage. Nothing that the world says, as much as they want to change, will ever change what God says about marriage. Not what Pastor Billy says. I'm not talking about people now. I'm talking about what God says. Okay. As Christians, though, listen to this. As believers, as Christ followers, we should be gracious and compassionate toward those that do not share our views on marriage, just like ones that don't share our views on a lot of things. Compassionate, loving. Jesus said they will know us by our... Okay. And what the world wants to do, they want to label us as haters. They want to label us as bigots. They want to label us as as a, as a, a, a phobic or whatever other terms that they want to put on us. But the fact of the matter is, is I know a lot of them. I have some of them that are friends that believe differently than I do, and I love them, and I say that today knowing that I stand before God in His house today, and I declare that He knows my heart that I love them. Not just because I'm supposed to, because I do. And I say that because I know what the truth is, because God has revealed that to me in my salvation. Ephesians 5, 28 29 says this. I'm just going to touch on these couple points and move on. In the same way, this is, I don't know, I just want to tell you, this is not my opinion. This is the word of God I'm speaking to. I could go on and on about it. Same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. The way we have that biblical standard of marriage, that's how God and his people have that same covenant, or very similar covenant relationship. Genesis 2.24, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they become one flesh. It's God-ordained. Not me. It's God-ordained. It's 
not what the world says. They change. We live in a world that's like that, constantly changing. The goalposts are moving. The rules of the game are changing. But that's the key world. The world changes. The world is changing. The culture is changing. People around us are changing. Peoples change. People change. Seasons change. We're talking about a season now. They're moving the clocks up. About to go into spring. Knowledge changes. Knowledge is increased. Nothing in this world that we live in seems to stay the same. It changes. Let me tell you, this is what the point of this whole talk is. In a world that is constantly changing, in a world that is constantly changing, there is one thing that never changes. And the Bible, the Scripture tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's right here in Hebrews. Look at it. Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Look it up, Hebrews 13.8. Let me tell you something else from the Word of God. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to he didn't change. His word doesn't change. His principles don't change. What he's ordained for this world has not changed. And it won't change. We can count on it. We can count on it. We can put our trust in it because it's anchored. Let me tell you something else. It does change. Prayer changes things. When you pray, things get moved. When you pray, things change. Prayer changes things. I said this so many times. I don't know if I can read this verse. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble, humble means first thing that's humble ourselves and pray and seek my face and turn. From their wicked ways, then that means after I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. You want this country and this world to get back where it needs to be? Humble yourselves, pray, turn from your wicked ways. He'll hear you and he'll move. We need a move, we need a move of God. We need a move of God in our lives. We need a move of God in our church. We need a move of God in our community. We need a move of God in our world. Because it's changing, but he doesn't change. Well, everything around us is changing, and we don't know sometimes because of all of it. If you watch the news just for a few minutes, you'll realize you don't know what to believe sometimes. You don't know what to think sometimes. You're confused. But we can know this, that even if you don't know what to believe or think in this world, you can know this, that Jesus Christ remains the same. It's tried. It's true. It's the same. He's faithful. He's able. His power is there. And there's a few things I'll run through, and there's a bunch of them, man. I'm going to just leave it with this. This next slide here. Help me out. His love for us remains the same. His truth remains the same. His word remains the same. His promises remain the same. 
His character remains the same. His integrity remains the same. Joy has a name, and it's Jesus. Victory has a name, and it's Jesus. Healing has a name, and it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. He is the one that's the same. And when we pray, the Word says He hears us. And if He hears us, why would He not give us all of the things that He wants to give to us? Prayer changes things, and God answers prayer. And all of those things there and many more remain the same in His love, His truth, His Word, His character, His promises to us. These things in a changing world we can count on. And I'm going to tell you this last thing. I said it a bunch of times already. Jesus Christ. Say that with me. Jesus Christ never changes. Jesus Christ and what he is, what he's done, what he will do in your lives, in your family. In your, in your work, if you put it in his hands and you trust him with all your heart, if you just, you just leave it in his hands and say, I know you don't change it, the other world's changing all around me, and I'm going to do my part to try to impact that for the glory of God. But I know that no matter what happens around me in this world, that you don't change. And I can count on you. Because you love us, you've promised us, you've given us your word, you've given us your truth, you've given us your promises, and we trust you because you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise God! Hallelujah! Stand, please. Thank you for taking a few extra minutes. God bless you. And as Rob, as you guys come up, you know, I just feel like, I know, look, everybody's got their own schedule, but I just feel like this is a church. I feel like it. I know it is. I'm going to tell you this. We did this as a smaller exercise in a fellowship hall for many of you who are regular attenders that are here. There are two main pillars that this church is built on. What's the first one? What's the first one? What's the next one? Missions. See, everybody knows it. You know why everybody knows it? Because that's the culture of this fellowship. <laughs> 